happy to have our guest artist today, um, Eric Sandberg, and I'm going to give a little introduction of him, and you can tell me what I'm missing if, if I need to. Um, and just to let you know that usually with um, our, our guests, it's about point of view. Um, we emphasize that the person interpreting the work, interpreting the work is telling us um, and sharing us their own kind of ideas. And then hopefully if people feel comfortable enough um, to share your ideas, it would be great near the end. So you're born in um, Quantica? Quantico. Quantico. Say it again? Quantico. Quantico. On the Marine Base. Virginia. Okay. <laughs> um, and he lives and works in Washington, D.C. Uh, he shows with Connor Contemporary Art uh, in Washington, D.C. He has had um, uh, shows in New York, Mexico City, Newcastle, England, San Francisco, uh, Bergen, Norway, and Amsterdam, Netherlands. His work has been written about in art papers, art form magazines, among many. Uh, he has been in many festivals in Miami, New York, Brussels, Volta, and Basel, Basel, Basel sorry, and Pulse um, Art Fair. So, without further ado, um, thanks for coming. Thank you. Yeah. I think I originally asked you to talk about the um, current because it, I felt like it was related to your work, but you had decided on another work, so maybe we could start there. Yeah, um, I think a, a lot of people actually, when I told them I chose the uh, Yinka Shinobari piece, uh, were mildly perplexed. Um, I'm a figurative painter. Um, I, I have books on Ron Muick and John Curran and Lucian Freud in my, my vast library. Um, I. I could have gone with any one of them and talked about them, um, but there was something about, I think, the, the Shonabari piece that, that, that just appealed to me a little bit more. I mean, I, I, I could definitely talk about the current piece ad nauseum because a lot of the same influences that he had for that image, I've pretty much gone through with my own work. Um, I've got those, those weird truncated trees all over the place in my work. Um, but I, I opted this, this direction because I think there was something about the approach to this work that, that appealed to me more. Um, you know, the big man over there is stunning, it's beautiful, you know, Ron Mielk's big man. I, I, it's, it's a stunning piece of work, but um, it's, it's a solitary figure. And I've done solitary figure images, but something I'm doing nowadays is just a lot of things that are rich with symbolism, a lot of allegory in my work. Now, I think the thing that drew me at first was just the overall kind of form of the thing. I just, I liked that it was truncated in, in this odd way, the head cut off. I mean, I've seen this, a few of Shonabari's works. Um, I'm not well versed in it by any stretch. I haven't seen a retrospective of his work or a solo show. Um, but I, I, I like this one. Um, just because of the position and a lot of the scientific elements I really liked more than anything. Um, it, but I think first and foremost was that, that truncation, the, the, the lack of head. Uh, if, but if you look around the whole show down here, there are so many elements, like I was mentioning, the tree, the Magritte painting, um, else was there. there? There was another one around the corner that I, you know, there are so many elements I think in just contemporary artwork since surrealists just hacking off a limb or an arm, a leg, whatever, a head in artwork, you just see it happen over and over and it's, for me, I, I you know, I, I immediately get drawn to that because I've done it in my work, I don't do it so much now, but I like to know why an artist did it, so I think that's what drew me in at first. Um, 
the, the other element was the scientific apparatus. Um, one thing that I've seen a lot in a lot of uh, artwork lately is, is just science as a driving force. Um, if, I mean, if you look at Damien Hirst or uh, Kuhn van Mechelen, um, just, just the scientific approach to their work, that this, um, especially the latter, um, it, it's, it's nice to kind of be that kind of rigid in, in the structure and something that used to be so loose. Um, as much as that's not the approach here, I just liked the apparatus. I liked these, these weird objects. I collect things. I'm a collector. I like these kinds of things. Um, of the elements up there, the only thing I know is a, is a barometer and some odd flask, and obviously a magnifying glass. I don't know what the tall one is here. But you know, these, these originally just drew me in. I wanted to know what was going on here. I wanted to know who this was. You read, and you find out it's uh, from the Enlightenment series. It's uh, Antoine Lavoisier. And I remembered somewhere that he's a scientist. Um, that's about all I could uh, muster. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I have since looked it all up, don't you worry. I will inform you and entertain, hopefully. Um, but I, I, I think I liked that, that, those antique elements. Everybody in my family, pretty much immediate family, is in antiques somehow. My sister works at Christie's. My parents were both <coughs> antique dealers at some point. So this piece, also the, uh, the Keenholz type piece, those things, I, I like objects. Um, they draw me in. Um, so, I was just going to give you my interpretation of the piece without having read anything about it, not knowing a lot about Shonabari. Um, and kind of what the, my interpretation, that's kind of what I hope people do with my work. I, hope, I, I like work that does that, that gives you a lot of information that you can draw your final conclusion that may not be the exact interpretation everybody gets, but that's, that's something that's kind of nice. You are going to finish it off. So the most immediate thing, like I said, is the, is the severed head. Um, one of my favorite kind of connotations with that is I think there are a lot of tribal cultures, South America especially, that think that um, if you sever someone's head, you take away their soul. You, they, their soul can't go to heaven. That's where the soul is, is, is uh, contained. So first of all, you could interpret it that way, that this person's soul is gone. It's not there. Intellect is stored there. You're just, you're just uh, your consciousness, um, and I like that contrasted with the fact that he's obviously a learned man. He's got papers. I mean, he's wearing dress of, you know, 18th century um, styled cut clothes, um, and but he's a scientist, and yet he has no head. The, this is this is the stuff I like. This is. This is rich for me, because I'm like, why? Why doesn't he have a head? What's going on? I actually wish I could read the papers that he's writing on. I think it's in French. That's all. I can't. I'm, my eyes are too blurry, but I wish I could read it to know exactly what he's writing. So that's why, that's why I initially came to this one. I, I like these elements. I like knowing that it's, it's somebody historic, too. I wanted to know a little bit more. Um, I'm of a mind that if, if a piece can't carry its own weight, in and of itself, maybe the text, maybe a little bit of a, maybe a wall label, a little bit of text beside it. It's, um, it's it, it, not always my favorite work. Sometimes you can, you can investigate more and really get attached to a piece, but I like stuff that 
you can like right off the bat. Um, and this is one of those pieces. I can, I, there are a lot of elements I do like. I'm not saying I like it 100%. No offense to Shonabari. There are elements I don't like. There are incongruous things that I'll mention in a little bit. But um, I, I, uh, I'll get to one of those things I don't like right now. It's the fabric. I, didn't, I, I know that he used fabrics to kind of convey uh, a little bit of his heritage, not so much exactly his heritage, but just the fact that he was born um, in London, not London, sorry, uh, in Britain. I'm sure, I'm sure it was London. Um, but he has um, Nigerian heritage. His dad was Nigerian. His mom was Nigerian. Um, he grew up in Nigeria and London. Or, and I'm not sure if it was London. I keep saying London. Uh, went back and forth a little bit. So I know that those, those textiles are kind of the driving force behind a lot of his work. And it's, it's in this case, it's it's for me more of a distraction in some cases. I, 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 I'm more drawn to the other elements. Um, so the way I'm reading it, I, I look at all these elements. Um, like I said, the objects, I don't know what all of them are. Uh, I know there's a barometer here. Um, barometer deals with air pressure um, to kind of gauge what's going to happen with you know, weather. Um, there's a large flask with nice shut-off valve, nice brass fittings on it. It's nice. Um, what the heck was supposed to go in there? I don't know. I love that flask over there. Um, I think Ryan and I were talking about it, and I think we were kind of both, you know, evoking a similar kind of image of, a, of that being almost a replacement head, that large round flask. Um, obviously, it doesn't. It's that's one of those kind of open interpretations, but um, one of the things I love about it is it's this delicate glass. Um, they don't have nice, you know, metal fittings to hold it up. I love the nest that's around it. It becomes precious. It's like an egg. It's it's this precious object. Um, if you read the wall text over there, it actually says that the uh, this this uh, this work is actually based on uh, uh, Jacques Louis David David uh, portrait of uh, Lavoisier. Um, and in that actual portrait, you can see a lot of these, these uh, scientific elements. You can see uh, a few of these. You don't see the uh, magnifying glass. You do see all those other elements over there. The one thing is with the nested rope there. It's on the ground. Um, his wife is conspicuously absent from this. Uh, she's in the portrait that this is based on. Um, and he's not somebody that is actually wheelchair bound, or he wasn't disabled in any way, shape, or form. Um, so Lavoisier, in, in researching him a little bit, I had to because I'm a scientist. That's the best I can do. Um, I found out that he pretty much was the master of everything oxygen. Um, <laughs> he, he, he didn't really master it. He just discovered the function of oxygen really in everything, uh, combustion, respiration all these, these chemical reactions involving oxygen and the importance of it. Um, he was known as the, or he is known as, as the father of modern chemistry, um, which I don't know that I would get from these, these instruments. Because I, uh, I don't know how you get a, a barometer to tell you about oxygen. I'm sorry, I'm not that efficient with, with science. Um, but I, you know, reading that kind of stuff, I, I, I was intrigued. Um, 
also, there's someone over there reading the text. I also uh, thought most poignant to this piece um, is the fact that he was guillotined uh, right after the French Revolution. Uh, so, you know, initially I, was, I didn't remember every one of Shonabari's pieces, but I thought, hey, wow, that's, that's kind of neat that there's that illusion to him being, having been guillotined. Um, but a lot of Shonabari's work have, there are headless mannequins. Um, you find out later that, you know, I found out later, that Shonabari, uh, I think he's doing it to actually kind of make it an equalizer, kind of make it so that anyone can project themselves onto these figures, um, to not give it identity. It just kind of so happens that with this piece, there happens to be that nice double effect of being something that references something historical and omitting identity with it. Uh, there's also that horrible, ungodly color of the flesh here. Um, I, I defy anyone to come up here and say that that's my flesh color. Um, you might have that in your flesh, but just look over the, over the big man. Uh, if you get up close to that, I'm, I'm big into flesh color. Flesh varies. You, you go one you know, centimeter over in one spot on your flesh, it'll change from a slightly bluish pigment to more pinkish, and, but it won't vary a lot. It's just being cast solid in that awful color. Um, he's doing it on purpose, of course. He's, he's trying not to make him one Caucasian or African or anything. He's, he's making him something that's kind of nobody. Um, so he's, he's redefining, in a lot of ways, kind of this historical figure. He's not making the, the, the white, you know, European guy that we've all seen in paintings. So you, you have all those fun elements. The other things that I, I really like, and I feel, I've seen people come up to and really get in the right spot to look at it, is the, uh, the magnifying glass. Um, I'm sure there's another name for that. I, I'm not quite sure. It's, it's inverting um, the image. It's turning it upside down. and. Oh, it's, but magnifying glasses do that too. If you get them at the right distance, they invert it too. I don't know if you'd get up close enough if we could. Yeah, but also I, just looking at him, it's kind of interesting because his head is, or where his head was, is kind of framed. <laughs> um, I, I do like that. I mean, it, it's, it's making you focus on that element. Um, Kind of combining all these elements, I mean, repositioning some of the things that were in the uh, David painting, uh, I, I like the richness that that kind of gives. Repositioning things to get people to think about them in a different way. Um, I think I mentioned wheelchair, not uh, an element you see in the David painting. Uh, Lavoisier could walk just fine, even though most paintings he was seated or had a cane. Um, I think it was more of those, one of those gentlemanly canes, not, not meant to support him. Um, the, uh, the wheelchair, you know, I, I actually didn't know this about Shonabari is in reference to his own disabilities. He uh, has, is, I think, paralyzed, half of his body's paralyzed. Don't ask me what caused that, because it's, again, science is really cool to me, but I don't memorize it. Um, uh, so that's more in reference, I think, to himself. Uh, if you look at that, look at the fabric, it's, it, I, I think it, it's really interesting to kind of look at it in terms of this is a self-portrait of Shonabari. Um, 
not a you know completely literal one, but I, you know I'm, I'm a believer that any artwork that you see out there is a, a portrait of the artist, um, either in the marks that they make, um, their thought processes. Um, I think I think in, in pre preparation of this talk, I listened to a podcast somebody did, and they were talking about the the big man over there, and. I think even that you could say is, in a way, a self-portrait, um, because apparently Muick wanted the model to kind of take a pose, and he was struggling all day with it, and they kind of gave up and took a break. Apparently, the model sat down just like that, and that was what struck the chord with Muick. Um, it's it was him. It was you know, the model may have been trying his hardest and doing model poses. I've seen enough of those where they jut things out and think that that's attractive. But that was what Muick wanted. That's how you, you, know, you have so many different ways to, to make a self-portrait. I mean, the, the Freud over there, the pose of the thing. The fact that this is not the exact pose of the Lavoisier. He was more in this jaunty kind of, hey, I'm very casual scientist man pose, and his wife is draped over him. Um, I, I think it's, it's just interesting to kind of make him more of a, a uh, Professor X or S Stephen Hawking, or you know, he's. I, I'm sorry to throw out an X-Men reference, but um, I, I just, I just kind of like the fact that you have what is obviously supposed to be like a keen intellect conveyed here, contrast against a body that is frail. Um, I think that's one of the more compelling things for me because, uh, you know, w with my dad, I know he was when he was very sick, he. Uh, he, he kind of struggled with the fact that, you know, his mind was, was perfect. You know, he, he could think perfectly clearly, everything's fine, but his body was failing on him. So, it, and you hear that so often that, it, you know, one or the other happens, maybe your mind goes and your body's fine, or vice versa. In this case, I think it's, it's not the most tragic thing, because, I mean, like I said, Stephen Hawking, you can't, you can't really beat that. You feel a little bad for one of the greatest intellects of our time that he can't move um, but a smidgen. Um, but his mind is still there. I mean, the, the most important element of that guy. I mean, so I, I like that contrast. I like the contrast of, of the, the physically disabled, but I mean, he's still writing, even though he doesn't have a head. Um, the uh, the one thing that I, I thought was most poignant was, uh, well, actually, before I get to that, because I'd rather do that closer to the end, the one thing that kind of really bugs me, coming from an antique family, I just thought I'd mention this. I'm all over the place, I know. Um, the desk really bugs me. This is not an 18th century desk. I know this. <laughs> this I, I don't even know if that's French. I don't even think it's French. I mean, that's late Victorian at best. And, you know, that's off by 100 years. I'm, so, I would, you know, it's weird, but not knowing everything about the guy's work, I know this. This is information that I go in and I read. One of my professors once said that you will go in and, you know, if whatever you put on a wall, whatever you show in a gallery, people will read into every single element that you put into it, you know, if, if they want. Uh, some people don't really care enough, they'll just look at it and keep walking. But if somebody's really interested, they will read into everything. So we could sit here and read into it, and I'm sure these, these feathers, perhaps these feathers weren't, aren't even accurate. Maybe he would have used a quill with all the bushiness, you know, I don't know what they're called. Um, you know, you could read into all of it and, and kind of criticize them and wonder if that's actually part of it. 
is it, is it genuine? Is it something that we should really read into? I don't know. Um, so, oh, before I get to the other fun part, the other thing that I, I really want to talk about also is um, the pattern on the, uh, the fabric. Now, I don't know. Maybe somebody out there does. Kristen. Um, I don't know if he actually has some of I mean, I, I know at a, at a, for a while he had these fabrics. Uh, he bought them in a, at a place in Brixton. Um, I read that somewhere. Um, and I, I think he probably just bought it right off the rack. But this seems a lot more intentional, like the, the images that we're seeing. Um, you know, the, the kind of the African issue with the black woman and the, the bougie written in the circle around her um, doesn't seem like something that they carry on the shelves in a Brixton fabric store. So I'm wondering if he had this manufactured. Um, I have to imagine, but also relative to that, I, I'd have to think that the spark plug has to have something to do with it too. Because I did mention before that you know everything related to oxygen and you know, all sorts of fun stuff like that, he, he was the master of. Um, well, combustion in an automobile or you know most motorized things don't, doesn't happen without the spark. You need the spark plug. So I kind of like that that's emblazoned on his awful, god-awful looking jacket. Um, I know there's somebody out there that would really, really love to have this jacket. But, um, and the, the, the slacks, too. I love those. Um, it's great stuff. They just blend right in. He's part of the chair. I do like that. Um, for me, though, the, uh, the weird thing, and I've not read this anywhere, I just kind of was reading it, and I know this is one of those goofy things that when people want to read way too much into art, they can do this, and I think I spent a little too much time thinking about it, but um, he is the author of the Law of, the Con of Conservation of Mass, um, which I'm sure, as all of you remember from your science classes, says that uh, matter can neither be created nor destroyed. I remembered that. I just because it's a cool one, right? Um, I like that relative to the piece a lot because if that's the case, all right, we're talking about about a guy who was guillotined. He no longer has a head. His head was taken from his body. But his ideas, something had to remain. We changed his, his mass, we changed his matter. Sure, you could just say his head's thrown in the grave with him, but let's just pretend, in the, let's look at it in terms of this piece. The intellect, I guess, is what remains. The, the knowledge that he gave remains. Um, I don't know if it was Shonabari's intent with the piece, but for me, it's, it's, it's the driving force between, you know, behind me liking this a lot. Um, I didn't know that, but it just the more research I did, I was like, wow, that, that's really kind of cool for me. Um, I like science. I don't love it because it vexes me at the same time, but maybe that's why I do like it because it's a challenge. I, but I, I like that, you know, in this case, it fits so nice and neatly. Um, I also think it's rather ironic that um, the, uh, the the painter who actually painted the original portrait that this is based on, uh, David, he was actually one of the guys that signed his death warrant to have him executed. So, uh, so lots of fun stuff. Um, I know that was information. Uh, that wasn't. That wasn't. Yeah, and I, I don't like telling people because it's like revealing a magic trick. Um, 
It is. I mean, I don't mind telling, a, a, giving a certain amount of information, but if you tell everybody everything, they don't, they're not doing any work, for one. That's really not any fun. Um, it, you want people to take their life experiences, their knowledge, to, and bring it to the table and kind of interpret something. Um, you may not be right, but it, that's okay, um, in my opinion. I, I think that, it, that that's some of the best stuff that you can have in art. If, if there is an unknown element, if there's an element that is open to interpretation, I think that makes for better art. Um, when every element of, is given to you, if, if all information is given, it's illustration. Not that there's anything wrong with illustration, but it kind of separates the fine art from illustration. It, it, if, if the artist has given us everything, where are we supposed to go? What can we do with that? Um, it's between watching, it's like watching a movie versus reading the book. You read the book, you, you describe what the, the people look like. Um, you read, you're given information, but you, you make it. Um, movies just dumb it down for you and give you everything. So it's, I, I like the fact that there is that element in, in his work. I like putting it in my own work. I like seeing it in other work. Um, and I think that's what kind of kept me away from some of the other works in here. It's not that I don't like it, I, I really like that John Curran painting. When I see that, uh, like you said, the, the chrome, with the chrome fixture, I see that as a sort of a failed piece of technology. And maybe that's what injured the person, put them in the wheelchair. So, laboratory or yeah. laboratory accident or just a failure of Scientists, technology. I think that's you know, it, what could turn them into a supervillain or be, the, be their complete downfall. Um, but the interesting issue here is that there are a lot of stories we can tell about the work, and it's given us, it's very theatrical, and in some ways, the way that the work's made is, is almost like it's a, it's a theater. He has different technicians who work on the work, who have different skills, and they all kind of put together this, this thing that we can tell stories about. I guess for me, when, when an artist starts to get institutionalized, there becomes a kind of crystallization of that story, of how it's supposed to be talked about. I guess as an artist, I wonder how, how you respond to those kinds of things. If, if people start to say this, tell the same stories about your work over and over. I don't like that. Um, I, I think it's nice to know what's fact versus conjecture on the part of like a docent. I'm sorry if there's one here. Um, and I'm, I don't mean to offend you, but there's, it's fine to have kind of, I mean, I don't know if this has anything to do with the law of conservation of mass. But for me, I like that. I like that element. But I wouldn't state that as fact. Um, if, if there's a separation of that kind of thing, then I'm all for it. Um, I don't like it when there's a story, a pat story, that everything's given, that this is, this is what this is about, this is what this is about, and this is all you can read into it. But I also think that what it also it demands is that we spend more time with artwork. So we've spent probably about a half an hour looking at this artwork, which is probably more than people usually spend looking at artwork. If people had any other thoughts about the work that they well, you know, you mentioned the table, Iron. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the table's reproduction kind of chintzy. I mean, it's not chintzy, it's probably very pricey. No, it's chintzy. But I, I'm going with you with everything there is intentional. Yeah. Because otherwise, you could have a paisley jacket on in a way. Yeah. You know, it was totally reproduction. Yeah. So I, mean, I have to assume that that thing is a reproduction because the artist didn't want to have an exact duplicate of a real table or whatever. And I think that all those instruments, it just looks like a classic painting with yeah. David. This is his stuff. Yeah. You know, and that's what he's doing. That's where I think the most accuracy came in. I mean, he, he has those instruments in the painting, and I, I like yeah. it. But yeah, I, I do think 
It is intentional. That's why I want to read that paper because... Yeah, I wanted to read the paper too. So. There's something there. And maybe he wrote something that Lavoisier never wrote. And I'd want to, I'd want to know what he's, what he's written there. And maybe it's more poignant something to the, to the effect of the, the image here. Um, and, you know, if you think of the death of Marat, that other one, he hmm. was writing too. Yeah. Everybody's writing something. You want to know if somebody's dead or <laughs> without head, you want to know what the hell they're writing because it's... It's got to be good, right? It's yeah. But I also was looking at how he's... It almost looks like you're interrupting him. Yeah. You know, except he doesn't have a head. But, yeah. You know. He could be looking that way, you know. Is there anyone else who wanted to talk about the things they thought when they were looking at it also? Any last words before we stop? Um, no, I, I just... Um, I hope that... I don't know what all of you do. I don't know what your backgrounds are, but I hope if, if you're looking at art, just, just really, I, I like it when people slow down and read things in the work. I think the best audience I've ever seen in front of any work of mine were children, and most people want to cover their eyes, um, but some, some uh, very open-minded parent let them just wander into my show, and, and they started looking at it, and they sat and read everything like adults. The adults were giggling and snickering, because there's nakedness. It's, uh, but the children were just sitting there going, that guy's doing that because of this, and this, this person's affecting that person because of that reason. And I, I actually admired them for that, and I, I think that's what a lot of people forget to do. They just forget to read things. So I, I like this for that. I like that there's a lot to read, um, and you know, it's, it, it gives a lot more than you might think initially. Because I'm really just repulsed by that fabric, and <laughs> I want—I want to walk away from it. But it's then, then there's just all this other yeah. the stuff that just draws me in. So. Yeah. Okay, one more last comment. Did you want to? Uh, yeah. Well, on the fabric, it's so in your face. Um, somewhere other, some other time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But. Does it? No, it's the French for Really? Okay, so it is the worst for Yeah, but the blue cheese is the worst for Sparkle. But it's also the But it's, it's also a, a term. A middle class. Well, that's, it's, well, it's like, yes, derivative of bourgeoisie for some people in this country that don't know any better. Yeah. And he was a member of the bourgeoisie. Oh, I didn't know that. In what language? French? I know, I think it Never took French. See, I knew there was something I was missing. Yeah, I was actually wondering about the, uh, the letters, the numbers, because around uh, where it says bougie, there's like a six and a nine, and I'm, I'm, or is it a nine? But it's upside down, it's backwards. And I didn't know if that also had an effect with the little spyglass here. Um, Thank you, everybody, uh, and thank you very thank much you. for... Sure.